We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we're going to be talking about data management and making sure that your most valuable information is stored securely and in a way that is there for you to benefit when you need it and not for others to have access to that don't have any need for it. We spoke about cybersecurity and securing your data a couple of weeks ago, but it's really important though as we look at data management and best practices here to really be looking at not only the security aspect, but also what else can you do in terms of really making sure that what you have is fully secure, stored properly, access properly, and go from there. So Daniel, Patricia, as I bring you both in on the program today, let me ask you, there's so many different issues that we think about with data. Things like customer lists, how-to manuals, ingredients, all of these things are data. But Daniel, if we're looking at it from the perspective of what happens if this information gets out there? What can that really mean to a small business? Forget big business. That would just be amplified. Right, right, exactly. So we talked a little bit in our last episode about different uh, laws that are out there. We all know about the European Union. Uh, I'm going to mess up the initials. Uh, GDPR. GDPR. Do I have that right? <laughs> all right, GDPR, GDPR. Yes. Uh, we know about California's privacy laws. We know about HIPAA uh, when we start talking about privacy laws. And we know that there are significant fines that will be levied against a business for breach of those privacy laws. For a small business, if you're running lean and mean and not bringing in a lot of revenue, your profit margins are really thin, an extra expense like a fine could mean the difference between staying in business or shutting down. And that's not to mention the reputation uh, damage that can occur uh, through a, a privacy data breach. Absolutely, but I guess if we're looking at it in the perspective of, from a small business perspective, forget the breach issue and the external considerations, if you will, of what happens. What happens if someone is in a situation where their information is released. Mm -hmm. I think these days you have to assume that your information is going to be released and you have to have other means of protecting yourself. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. We've all been through probably multiple instances where our information got released. 
Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I know personally, I was notified back during tax season that my social security number was um, stolen. And having to go through the whole process with the IRS to get the taxpayer ID number, um, or not the taxpayer ID number, the taxpayer PIN number, so that only I would be able to file my taxes. And, I mean, there's so many issues that are involved in that process. So when information is exposed to the public or is potentially exposed to the public, we never know. I mean, there's a rumor that the Coca-Cola recipe or the KFC recipe, I forget which one, is literally locked away in a safe. It's not even online. It's Mm -hmm. in a fireproof safe. And only certain people actually know the full recipe in order to keep it from getting out there. So you see how important securing that intellectual property becomes. Imagine if your customer list got out there, how that can really impact you and what you do, or your pricing list got out there. Yeah, uh, definitely those secret sauce recipes, um, that intellectual property like you're talking about, those things that set you apart in the marketplace and differentiate yourself from your competitors, those things, for sure, they need to be kept uh, very strongly guarded. And you're exactly right, Jennifer, uh, whether it's uh, Coke or Dr. Pepper or KFC or, uh, you know, Mama Lucita's uh, secret <laughs> whatever it's going to be. <laughs> you want to make sure that that uh, is closely guarded and uh, remains part of your business. I know that uh, there's there's one Italian restaurant, and I think it's here in my area, uh, actually has a non-disclosure agreement with their employees because they mix up the sauce. And so if you leave the company, then you have this non-disclosure agreement that follows you that says you can't talk about it, you can't duplicate the recipe, you can't attempt to replicate it. So they've taken some extra steps to safeguard their positioning in the market. Without a question, I mean, um, non-disclosure and non-compete are very active in many industries. I have that in my payment processing business with my agents, where there's a certain non-competitive clause in the contract that says for a certain period of time, they agree that they are not going to open up their own shop or something else along those lines after I've trained them, which is really important because you spend so much time and effort teaching them everything and you don't want them becoming the competition at some point later um, with everything that you have taught them. So there's a lot of concerns, not just about the secret sauce in a physical product, but the intellectual property as well, the how-to guides, if you will, of what you do, because that becomes the secret sauce of a service business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I signed an NDA when I uh, joined the management accounting firm that I work with. 
Although even there, you know, half of their secret sauce is the organization itself, the people in it. And not, I mean, granted their, their IP is important, but a lot of it is the people that are involved in the company. Mm -hmm. It'd be impossible to replicate that. <laughs> yep. As Mr. Wonderful says, with enough money, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the whole idea, though, of securing your data, just bringing it back to that. So there's so many aspects of data. And we don't even think of some of the points that data really covers. Daniel, you mentioned earlier GDPR, HIPAA, PCI, um, California's privacy laws, um, Australia's laws, Canada's laws. There's so many different laws all over the place just regarding privacy. And also GDPR having the requirement to be able to export one's data upon request and even expunge it from a system, mm -hmm. which becomes important also. And having access to that data in a way that is going to really be there. We also know that data, as I think we spoke about when we were talking last time, if you look at any of the social media platforms, if you even think about it, it starts showing up in your news feeds. It's showing up all over the place. Um, I think I mentioned that one of my clients needed a webinar platform. I went out to one of my social media um, feeds. I started scrolling, and not that long after I started scrolling, I got that webinar platform ad that I took a screen grab, and I sent it over to him, and I said, here, I think this is what we said we were going to get for you. <laughs> so. Oh, There's no, all of these. You didn't mention that within hearing distance of a listening device in your home, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I only have a certain unit, you know, what, three feet away from me. Um, but in all seriousness, though, we have so many different issues that are really under control with data. So we spoke about some of the things that you really want to be considering. Mm -hmm. Who has access to it? If somebody is in need of having it, give them the access because they need it. If somebody doesn't need it, make sure that they cannot access it. That means the right credentials to be getting into certain data pieces. Mm -hmm. Think about getting into computers. You can easily get into a computer with a certain logon, but if you don't have it correctly, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you're talking a little bit, I've got a couple points here that I want to make about what you're just saying, Jennifer. Uh, you're talking a little bit again about um, <clears throat> customer data and the privacy laws. And I don't know about the two of you, I work with uh, small businesses sometimes who, uh, for them, that's not a concern because they actually don't track their customer data at all. <laughs> <laughs> which we know no, is that's a problem. A problem. <laughs> that's a completely different problem. Right, right. <laughs> but if we're going to talk about data management, that needs to be part of the conversation too, is uh, you might want to track who your customers are. So maybe you could sell to them again. If they, don't <laughs> once, they might want to again. Or if they reach out to you and they express interest in buying from you, you might want to follow up with them. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so those are still good things to track. Another point you were just making there was about giving your employees or your team members access to data when it's appropriate. And I spent some time in some corporations where role-based access to computer systems and to data was a huge problem. You can imagine if there are a thousand employees or so, making sure that each employee only has access to what they should access and not anymore. And there are some very sophisticated systems that can be purchased. Now, this would be for a large corporation uh, where you go into the HR system and the moment you are given a certain title in the system, then that automatically cascades throughout all of the IT and the data systems throughout the company and completely changes your access based on what role you've been given in the HR system. Now, while it would be really nice to have that in a small business, uh, the systems that I'm referring to were astronomical in price. I'm just sure of it. I'm sure there's a way that you could reach out to your local IT professional, whoever you're working with to manage your computer systems, make sure everything keeps running, put up the firewalls on your network, all that kind of stuff. They could definitely coach you a little bit. There are ways to, uh, to um, set permissions on folders on your system so that only certain people could get in there. Uh, you could even set it up so they may even be completely hidden if someone is not allowed to have access to that folder, uh, you can certainly lock it down. I remember back in the day when Windows would allow you to set up those uh, sharing permissions on folders. And if you tried to double click on it, it would just pop up a message that says you do not have permission to access this folder. Yep. <clears throat> and that's exactly the key point. It's do you have the key access so that you know what's actually going on and who has access to what. I mean, if you think about the nuclear codes, you know, and that's really a far stretch in terms of what we're doing, but you don't want everybody having access to it, but you do want the right people having access. And so it's important. It doesn't matter how big or small that piece of data is. You need to have the right people having access and the wrong people not having access. And it's also, though, how do you get in? Are you getting in through unsecured internet? Think about it this way. You go to a hotel. You're on their public Wi-Fi. Are you going <laughs> to do your banking? Are you going to be doing your banking on the hotel's public Wi-Fi system? Or are you going to open up a VPN or go on your cell phone's um, direct data and do your banking? You got to think smart. And when you think smart, it's going to be a lot more secure. So final thoughts, Patricia. Well, there's, there's a lot of aspects to this and we didn't, you know, we touched on a few of them, um, but it's, yeah, it, it opened my eyes to a few things. Um, Not real cohesive as far as a final thought, sorry. <laughs> okay. Daniel. 
there's definitely a lot of things that we could talk about with managing the data inside your business for sure. And yeah, to uh, Patricia's point, we've touched on quite a few of them. It does make you stop and think as a small business owner though, do I digitize my data and run the risk of somebody hacking it or some kind of a data breach? Or do I commit everything to paper and then run the risk of losing it or somebody walking off with the paper and the paper being shared? So it, it's definitely a difficult decision. You have to choose which of those two evils do you want because we know at some point all data is going to be shared and is going to be lost. And then the I guess your final choice is keep it all in your head, but we've talked about the dangers of doing that too. <laughs> But no one else knows the data, including your employees who can't do their jobs. And maybe even yourself. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah. So it's definitely, I would say it's best to make the mistake on the side of making the data available to your people or to your customers in such a way that makes their lives easier and better and then doing the best you can to mitigate any kind of risk that there is with sharing that data. Without a question, it's all about how do you mitigate risk? How do you keep your data secure? How do you manage the data that you do have? And as you were saying, if it's all in your head, that's one computer that may not easily get hacked unless we start going total recall on us, but that's a whole different story. Uh, but it's really, though, think about what you're going to be doing long term. Think about how you're going to secure the information that you have and what you do. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.